<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Well, since we are recording, I, you know, was just discussing that I want to normalize showering again uh, coming up in the next month or so. Now, now that I've got that first vaccine in my arm. Now you're pro shower. You're pro shower now. I'm pro shower. That's one of the side effects they don't talk about with the vaccine is uh, Mm -hmm. you will suddenly desire a warm shower again. It is um, it, it for me. It's a significant one year uh, uh, around the sun because yes, it is my birthday today. Happy which, uh, birthday! Thank dear you. Andy. And I'm just, uh, number two, number two in choir, if you will, back out in the world, but like not without like a bit of like significance and being like, I'm pretty sure I wore the same workout uh, clothes one year ago today. So at least that's something. I I worked out. <laughs> That's Again. amazing. I I plan to do it later. My I of course Monday is my therapy day too, and I I told my therapist I was like I don't know what's happened. Like like I've come full circle in quarantine again, where I'm just down. I'm just so over everything, and I was like I'm not really leaving the house much these last <laughs> couple of weeks. I know it's the final stretch, and she like started clapping, and she was like get out of the house, Brooke. She just started like a dog. Like, get out there. Go. She's like, you need to get out of the house. And like, that's why we're recording on a Monday now because Brooke's going to be on her way to Miami, Florida for spring <laughs> break. Miami Beach. Nothing's Here going wrong. Comes. Here I come. I'm going to be leading a few of um, the grind live at spring break mm-hmm. dance classes shirtless. Um, for sure. You guys can I'll all. be I'll I'm the new puck. Uh, I'll be subsidy subbing is the new puck. Blowing snot rockets is back. Get ready. Coming at ya. Oh boy. Well, let's let's start the goddamn show. Everybody, welcome to Sidework Podcast. I'm your host, Brooke Van Poplin. Hi, guys. I'm your other host, Andrea Wallace. And joining us today, first time on the pod, but no stranger to us as a friend. She also hosts her own podcast called Brass Taxes. Hint, hint. What are we going to be talking about? Please welcome Caroline Craighead, everybody. Hi, guys. Hi, Caroline. Thank you for having me. You got it, girlfriend. Um, yeah, hint, hint, we are going to demystify 
and maybe make you cry about taxes. Um, but Caroline's normalizing. We're going to normalize taxes. We're going to normalize showers. We're going to normalize taxes. It's a hot day to open yep. up your mind, man. Be an adult. Shower. Mm-hmm. Do your taxes. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. So, but before we jump into that, and I promise it will be like Caroline's got a soft touch. That's just what I can say. She's calming. She's reassuring and she's very gentle. She's a very gentle lover, I must say. And uh, she will hold your hand through the topic of the day. You know, she's she's fine with safe words, the whole thing, because I know this is going to get really triggering. Um, but let's do some pre-shift real quick, shall we, Andrea? Yeah, absolutely, you guys. If you haven't already, please check out all our shows on One Star Network. We've got In Your Mouth, Copper and Heat, the Macaroni Zone, Confessions of a Server, and The Modern Waiter all over there at One Star Podcast Network on the Instagram. You can click on our great little website that'll link you to all of our awesome shows we're so pumped about. Um, So check them all out, please, if you haven't. Yeah, and definitely support them all by subscribing, rating, and reviewing. Please, seriously, don't be lazy. Don't just love us. You you need to love them, too. We chose them. They are your chosen family, chosen by (laughs) us, okay? So we promise you will love what they have to offer. Um, So it's very exciting. It's very exciting, right? And we have a Patreon still going, which we appreciate everybody who's part of the fam. And Andrea's concocted a a new slight idea for like a slightly new idea for a hang. Do you care to describe? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Like we're just we're kind of like we love the server submitted stories so much. They bring us so much joy. We thought that we would invite past guests to come on, um, maybe even some of our Patreon members or listeners if they're into it to have a post shift drink uh, and and tell a very specific story from their from their serving career. Um, And just, yeah, like a a quick little like server submitted shift drink, if you will, I think is what I'm leaning on there for the name. We're not so great with the tech. So we're trying to figure out how to make it so that you all can sort of like chime in live and watch it live. I know there are things for this. We're We're checking out Twitch. We are that. What's Twitch? It's okay. (laughs) We're in our 40s. We say Twitch. It's fine. Yeah. Um, when we say Twitch, we just mean like something is moving uh, on without us like actually moving it on our body. I'm just a tw- <laughs> I'm thinking of back and neck spasms. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. But anyways, um, cool, cool. So you guys, that's really all we have to talk about. That's our that's our pre shift. Go out and have a great service, everybody. <laughs> um, <laughs> push those stakes, guys. Push them. Uh, we got a lot to sell. <laughs> All right. Um, so Andrea, you can handle the first headline, right? Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Our first headline coming in from uh Baltimore, Baltimore, Maryland. So this story is so great. So resident Brandon Jones, and this is coming from today, like the show today. Um, Brandon Jones knew this would be a long shot, but he had to try it. His mother-in-law was in the final stages or is in the final stages of lung cancer, uh, stopped her treatment. And she had fallen in love while visiting Baltimore with this tempura broccoli dish from a restaurant called um, Ekibin. I hope I'm saying that correctly. So he emailed one of the owners, Steve Chu, requesting the recipe. And he was just hoping to get the recipe to try to recreate it for his mother-in-law. Instead, Chu like was basically like oh well, why don't i just drive there and make it for you and he's like well it's six hours away like why would you actually do that and he's like look man we got you we're coming 
So he got a crew together. Um, they drove through the night to get to Vermont. They made a makeshift kitchen in the back of their truck in front of his mother-in-law's house, knocked on the door and hand delivered it to her. Like is- in the winter in Vermont, I might start crying. I know. <laughs> I, I think just, I, I, just such a heartwarming story, especially when we've just seen so much hate and misunderstanding and racist rhetoric surrounding you know the aapi hatred and violence that has been all over the news and to just instead turn it around and just be like choose an amazing restaurant owner and chef and a selfless fucking human who drove to help you know make a a dying woman's last meal and wishes come true and that is beyond absolutely And not only that, Chu like recognized her, this, you know, the 70, 72 year old mother-in-law from when she would visit Baltimore, because every time she came into the restaurant to get this dish that she loves so much, she would sing its praises and sing their praises. So they absolutely remembered her. She like is struggling because she has sores in her mouth from having cancer, but managed to completely devour the meal. And then like later on cried saying that it made so, you know, it was meant so much to her. And and I just think, yeah, and again, it goes to prove that, like, even during a pandemic, like, people are stepping up, and this is the kind of stuff we've been talking about since the beginning and always how much restaurants step up, like, and how much food means to people. So um, I want to work for this restaurant. I, w- <laughs> I want to get a job. <laughs> or just um, the so fact yeah. that, yeah, we're putting them on blast. We know we've got listeners in the Maryland area. If you're not familiar with, hopefully, we're seeing our Eki Ben, Eki Ben. We'll see. Yeah. E K I B E N support. Yeah. Clearly, this broccoli is fire. worth your last. Exactly. Add, this broccoli is a fire. I I immediately I was like I was like it's to die for. And then I was like I Bro- mean, Brooke no. Brooke <laughs> Brian's no. going. I, Brian is go. Brian's going to visit his family uh, in Maryland at the end of April. Maybe we should send him on our behalf to tell him take a take a selfie with some uh, tempura broccoli. Oh, fuck yes. And I yeah. don't care if you bring it home on your carry-on and it's been four days. I'll take a bite. <laughs> Something tells me uh, that would be the same, but yeah. No. <laughs> it, prepared it, in no. your driveway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it loses some of its clarity when it's been mushed around in a takeout <laughs> container and then jammed into an overhead bin. Um, <laughs> now, if that were a food fetish where people are like, we take off broccoli and it spends one day on an American Airlines flight before it returns to our restaurant be amazing turning the tempura batter into complete mush yeah Ugh, really selling this dish now yeah yeah right right it's seen some things it's world wary and it's also pissed off at the airlines um, and you can pick it so, up at carousel uh, three yeah. Well, it, yeah, right, right. Oh, God, you know, th- whatever. Trends are trends. You never know. Um, so sort of staying in that vein, Andrea and I, you know, want to say on behalf of Sidework Podcast that we made a donation to the AAPI GoFundMe. We also realized I was kind of looking back through our guests and we don't have any, if very little, representation of AAPI as guests yeah, and right. as uh, topics culturally, um, it's absolutely been discussed. But I think sometimes the whole idea of the cuisine um, that spans Asia is so overwhelming that it, I mean, clearly it deserves its own podcast. Um, 
but we're not going to be scared. And I think taking a step toward figuring it out is better than doing nothing. So we are committing on air to represent more voices. Absolutely. I'm excited. I'm excited to represent, I mean, represent more voices and talk about different culture and experiences. I mean, and especially when it comes to restaurants, right? When we all are just basically doing the same thing, but in a different, uh, you know, yeah, you get what I'm saying. (laughs) Absolutely. But in the meantime, if you want to listen to a podcast that does a fantastic job, Michael Munoz uh, with his In Your Mouth just, just features so many fantastic chefs. There's a lot more spectrum over there. He's killing it. Um, and we will get caught up at some time soon. So if you, if you got if you want to taste for some really fantastic chefs um, from all across the globe, he's on top of it. Our boy's on top of it. Also, we love his theme song. He's like, I want to know what you eat from the streets to the sheets. Um, <laughs> and he's like, then he's like, I'm coming in your mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay. He is. It's, I mean, it's, it's very mouth. catchy. I love it. He, yeah. And then his delight at his own rapping skills. It's, it's a great <laughs> theme song. Um, so in that vein as well, we were on the GoFundMe page today, and um, this is amazing. So f- in general, for AAPI awareness and for the money and the funds they've been raising, like that's millions in and of itself. But then I've seen to each family directly impacted by the terrible murders that happened in Atlanta. Each family has had, if not several thousands, millions raised for them, um, wow. which is fantastic. But the top contributor of the GoFundMe so far is Panda Express with wow. a $150,000 donation, um, which is really awesome for you know a corporation i'm also like i'm sure you can do a little more you guys are everywhere i'm gonna gonna ring the bell right there because that's a panda express thing is when you (laughs) when you donate and you round up to donate with your extra to make it a solid dollar amount at panda express they ring a bell and they all and they all say thank you so that is right on direct shout out to panda express (laughs) so yeah i had to shout them out before i just also start um a very interesting thread which we might have to turn it into a whole episode. There's some detective work that is absolutely needing to be done. But only a few weeks ago, the Washington Post reported that Panda Express staff is forced to strip at a team building seminar that seemed like a cult initiation ritual, the lawsuit says. Panda. Oh, oh my God. So, <laughs> right? So I had no idea, but it is Panda Express employees they, there is a lot of company sort of team building it's probably like on par with the way cheesecake factory employees or starbucks employees really get like brought into the business and the brand but it's so over the top that it's actually a point of pride to be cultish about your employment there and so they have seminars all the time, Panda Express has their employees go to seminars. And so it, it, it's been reported back that it was a bizarre, psychologically abusive four-day seminar that more and more resembled a cult initiation ritual as time went on. <laughs> and it's a lot of, it's starting to sound like Scientology, where they have a lot of um, programs that emphasize self-improvement. Oh, my God. Um, Oh, yeah, it gets deep. I kind of want to do like a true crime dive into this. Um, but let's see. Wait, hold on. Um, 
I like that instead of like going up the rungs, you move up the chains, right? Because it's a chain, it's a fast food <laughs> it's chain. It's a chain. Um, <laughs> oh, but okay, so what so- I'm seeing is like they're basically having like they're hugging it out without shirts on. They're like, everybody take your shirts off and hug each other. Like that's <laughs> don't mind like- the video camera, you know? Like what the fuck? Okay, so but they're calling everything trust building exercises, mm. but it was bullying to take your clothing off, and everyone's like, this is the opposite of trust. Um, so we'll be exploring this story more and bringing you updates as we go. Um, no one can I do. Can I read this one excerpt? Oh, please. Okay, from the Washington Post. On one day, seminar participants were told to pretend they were on a sinking ship and that only four of them would survive. On the following day, leaders allegedly filmed them while instructing them to act as if a light was coming above to suck away their negative energy. Oh, so no. they're basically. <laughs> I mean, this is very interesting to be like, like, oh, we hired this like really great person to like put our seminars together. Have you heard of him? He created Scientology. L. <laughs> Ron okay. Hubbard. I know. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> and meanwhile, they earn eleven dollars and thirty-five cents an hour. Yeah. This is this is uh okay. Okay, here's another excerpt from one of the sessions. Um this had been exclusively attended by Panda Express employees. So one of the em- female employees with the allegations she's brought, she found herself stripped of her cell phone, trapped in a room with blacked out windows, and loudly berated by a seminar leader who told her and others that they amount to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Whoa. so confused. You know what would build anyway. trust more? A $15 minimum wage. That's thank the you. next time, I swear to God, the next time I go through a Panda Express, which does happen sometimes on occasion, sure. it's a very, you know, it's a choice you have. I'm going to, I'm going to whisper, you Do okay? You need help. Do you need help? <laughs> yeah. What's the sign for like, yes, I'll take this. I'll take that. And like, just, you know, and a large like shuttle you out of here because you're yeah, yeah. being abused. You, I have a bunch of blankets you can hide under in my trunk. If you need to get out of here, just I'll say the word. Um, I can't. Please, let's dive deeper into we'll, this. We'll continue this ongoing saga. I, I feel like this is possibly our award winning journalism moment. As we free Panda Express employees from the evil clutches. Also, of the that hundred and fifty thousand dollars looks a little smaller now in light of this. <laughs> right. I yeah. wanted to give them credit, but at the same time, I'm like, this looks like hush money. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> who knows? You know what? But fucking give the money over. You ugh, whatever. We'll we'll keep you updated. Um, absolutely, absolutely. But now it is time for some server submitted. Stories. Stories. Andrea, I'm only sharing one today because this is fucking epic. Um, okay. <laughs> do, it is so crazy. I can read it if you want. I don't care who does it. Whatever happens. Okay, man. Caroline, buckle up, okay. first of all. And I might so be texting nervous. you a photo in a little bit. Okay. Um, of what, because we received a photo of, okay, so the title of this good. email, the title of this email was The Drain Thang, um, which is not good. <laughs> not good. The Drain Monster. Um, all right, let's start out. Hello, ladies. I've been listening to the pod for about a year now. 
And I think I finally have something worthy to send y'all. <laughs> this isn't about awful customers, weird managers, or embarrassing myself in front of guests, although I do have plenty of stories for each. This is a story slash cautionary tale about the most disgusting thing that has ever happened to me on the clock and honestly, my entire life. And don't worry, I'm going to attach a photo. <laughs> okay, so let me set the stage. A few months ago, I transferred from a big chain restaurant in California to a store in NYC. Legally, I don't know if I can say the name because this is definitely a health code violation. But let's just say you brought up drinking their huge margaritas in episode 104 around okay. the 40 minute mark. Okay. All right. That's a good way God. around it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, this is a chain, baby. Okay. Anyways, I recently moved up to bartender at this place. And as a 19-year-old, oh, my God, he's only 19. And as a 19-year-old, I'm living both my wildest dreams and worst nightmare. Now that I'm spending a lot of time behind the bar, I've noticed a faint but distinct smell coming from a drain that I stand over all day. It's a mix of mildew, death, and a hint of citrus. <laughs> my ice bin, hand sink, bar top, and another drink station all pour into this one floor drain, so it gets a lot of use. Yeah. Uh-huh. I've asked my managers to just give me some equipment to clean it myself because I've done it at other places, but for some reason they refuse, telling me they will just have the already overworked dishwasher do it. But after two months of this odor, tonight I took matters into my own hands. I found myself a long pipe cleaner type brush and jammed it into the pit of despair. When I tried to pull it out, it got stuck within the drain. No. I began tugging at it, no. but it wouldn't budge. <laughs> I knew I was making some progress, though, because the smell was becoming stronger. Oh, no! <laughs> After trying for quite a while, I eventually gave it a big old heave, putting all my body weight into it. Big mistake. Turns out the drain is removable, and it flew out along with about eight inches of something I don't even know how to describe. Oh, my God. What you emerged... Brian, you should see Brian's face right now. <laughs> <laughs> what emerged looked like something straight out of a horror movie, a cross between a tentacle and a decomposing rat tail, oh. but eight inches of it. My best guess is the accumulation of about a solid year or two of bar gunk. Oh, I'm sort of horny, too. Listen to it. No. <laughs> I know this definitely that like the cure for cancer lies within this. Um, okay. I should probably mention now that I was not wearing gloves because I thought the long brush would keep me far away from whatever was down there. It's very fair. Oh, boy, was I wrong. The pink worm like growth it's swung pink. around. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, Wait, hold on. Man. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do a reveal for you, Caroline. Okay. It swung around. It detached from the drain and, f and flew right onto my hand. No, 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 no. No, no that's perfect. <laughs> the horror didn't stop there, though. It also gave me a generous dousing of nightmare juice right to the face, neck, and chest. That's inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I'd say this, but thank God for COVID and horrible eyesight because my mask and glasses saved me from a majority of the spray. Oh, wow. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> 
in the following minute, I went through all five stages of grief, <laughs> trying to <laughs> trying to process what just happened before cleaning myself up physically and emotionally, and then rounded up every server to bear witness to the beast. Reactions ranged from curiosity, fright, and even gagging, because at this point, the smell had filled the bar. Oh, God, yes. Oh, boy. For fear of being cast away like a leper, I decided to not tell any of them of my coworkers that it had touched my bare skin. And I will die with this secret. <laughs> Probably sooner my, than he would have died anyway. Because he's uh, uh, he's yeah, he's he better start the countdown clock. Okay. Like um, you wake up and like your hand, like you're turning into the thing. Like you, Oh, you've got you a tentacle arm. Oh Christ. It's not okay. It's not okay. Um oh God. Oh God. Okay. So almost done here. My managers made me sweep it up and throw it away, but I really think it could have been of value to the scientific community. <laughs> but what whatevs? <laughs> Thanks for reading. You guys are truly amazing, and your stories have helped me to love this industry despite all of the crazy and disgusting things we go through, especially in this shitty year. My first time serving was at 11 years old in my grandma's restaurant when her morning waitress had car trouble. And since then, I've pretty much seen it all. Isn't that amazing? Godspeed. I love it. Good tips and clean your fucking drains from Camden. All right. And um, Caroline, I, I, I. Yeah, I got to see this. I don't know if. Oh, no. That's so much <laughs> worse than I thought. That's Andrea, so much Andrea, worse. it's in the it's in the document. Scroll down. You want to uh, see no, it? Oh no, I'm looking at it. I'm Brian. I'm Brian. Is like oh my god, free. that's the oh. worst pink. <laughs> oh wait, I gotta do. A oh, someone's gotta do a screenshot. What Andrea, can is, you do it? Yeah. Why is it speckled? Okay, that's legitimately like a tail. What I envisioned when you first started telling the story was that it would be like a bunch of hair gunk or something, but like that is truly unidentifiable. It is not. Like <laughs> it that doesn't is, even. It looks like an intestine. That's all I can an say. An intestine, it, an umbilical cord. This is um, pushed just, beyond because it is extraction stuff like like um like pulling, like a do- like dr pimple popper yes. pimple poppers is like a little bit my fetish and so like i was like this might this be really great like totally when right. andrea was like feel a little bit horny i was like yes i'm with you but like yeah that killed it yeah, the no. visual of that this is... has destroyed any yeah titillation it definitely looks like a space alien creature that like or a tremor it looks like a fucking yes. tremor like when you smash the head of a tremor and it's all and then it's just the rest of the dead body. This is a this is a tremor, a drain tremor, a chili's drain. I don't know if it's chili's drain tremor. It's like the color <laughs> of, you know, an E.T. when he's like sick and dying. And I just brought this up yesterday. Very weird. <laughs> that was like I had to stop watching E.T. when that happened. But yeah, like, there's some weird pussy looking yellow patches on this worm. I am. <laughs> This is nightmare he, juice he, for he, sure. He did caption the photo. I call her the Kraken. Um, which <laughs> release, release the Kraken. Uh, that's also what I say after I've been wearing my bra all day yep. long. When I take it off, I say release the Kraken. <laughs> I say release the hounds. But nice. I like that. I like that a lot. <sighs> also, normalize putting a bra back on. I that's got that's note to self, you know. Uh, so. um, I love that Camden like 
worked for his grandma since he at 11 years old. And that's when they got their start. So obviously Camden would be like, I'm going to get on all fours and clean yep. this drain because nope. I've been working in the industry for eight years already at 19 years old. He already um, understands the importance of plumbing and how it can ruin a restaurant. If you let stuff yeah. back up, you are in trouble. I wonder if he's yep. like the hero now that like he's eliminated the source of the smell because that could mm-hmm. not have been fun for anyone. Absolutely. But I hope, I really hope that like that restaurant now is not like a John Carpenter movie where who basically that thing <laughs> is infecting all the other servers in the restaurant. That's like an appendage <laughs> of a larger thing that lives deeper and like, no, yes. like I want my right. Oh, back. spoiler alert. If you've never seen the thing, sorry, but you should. <laughs> or even it, it's giving me stranger things feels for our yeah. younger folks. It is. Yeah. Very Stranger Things. Ooh, well, that was, oh. I was like, that's a standalone server submitted story. Nothing yeah. can precede it. Nothing can follow it. <laughs> Thank you, Camden. Oh, fuck. And if you have any weird stories uh, about things that live in the drain of your restaurant or bar, feel free to shoot that to us, <laughs> sideworkpod at gmail.com. <laughs> Anybody found an alien or Pennywise? Let us know. Well, we are getting into our topic of the day. Uh, you all, you all, you're so welcome. I know you were like, Brooke, Andrea, definitely talk about this topic that makes us all crawl into our shells. Yeah. Um, like if you if you weren't grossed out enough by the worm pick, we're gonna talk about taxes now. <laughs> it's great at parties. So, it's always a hit. Yeah. Always a hit. So so I wrote a fun intro. Um, and I'm gonna read it. I said, the tax man cometh. Taxes are a topic that make regular folks run for the hills, but service industry folks are a special breed that really, really, really get freaky when this topic pops up. Is it because the entire industry operates on crime? Is it because we live on tips and most times have no idea what our actual income is? Is it because this country wants to disenfranchise citizens to be afraid of money management? Is it a bit of all three? Mm. So. Joining us today is our dear friend and host of the Brass Taxes podcast. Like we said before, check it out. It's Caroline Craighead again, everybody. Uh, <laughs> Next time. So I know when we were we were chatting, I was on Brass Taxes with Caroline. Yes. So you guys can go check out that. And are you up to about episode six now? We're on. I just released the ninth one today. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, wow. you guys are getting and then ugh, whatever. So, yes, there are nine episodes it's a really great podcast um that you get to hear everyone talk very plainly about money and how everyone has a different situation and how everybody harbors fears Mm -hmm. and a lot of uninformed beliefs and um caroline walks them through it and with some people she even does their taxes Um, (laughs) whoa that is that the incentive of being the guest on the show is that you do their taxes at the end (laughs) oh she didn't she definitely did not commit to that for every episode no and it's i actually like i'm not even equipped to do taxes right now i like uh was working for brass taxes is a tax Mm -hmm. prep company and i worked there for like five years under my friend uh russ garofalo he's the one who founded Mm -hmm. it and he uh, now has a bunch of other people working for him. I was sort of, I was telling Andrea earlier, like auxiliary support at this point because I was mm-hmm. not doing it full time. And so when he hired a bunch of new people, I kind of saw the writing on the wall and was like, you know what, <laughs> I'm going to step back for this season and let everybody else, you know, get their feet wet. And so, uh, so yeah, I handed in my tax computer. I can't even help anyone. I tried to help my neighbor the other day and we were doing it on TurboTax. And I was like, 
I can't, I can't even see the forms. And so I don't know right. how to do this. Like I'm just in the same morass that you are when I'm looking at TurboTax's <laughs> interface. Like, I don't know what they're telling you. <laughs> But, oh no! Yeah. Well, that's that doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. <laughs> well, TurboTax—it's um, more that TurboTax is like hiding things from you, like reading actual right. tax forms, like the IRS forms and the state forms and everything. I know what they're asking you, and I know how to interpret right. it. But like TurboTax purposely will obfuscate what's actually happening, and they've got that little counter that's like. You know, oh, your refund's going up. Oh, it's going down. But like, it's oh my god, they're hiding like business all of model reasoning from you. Yeah. Huh. Oh my god, their business model is like we think everyone's a gambling addict. Right, <laughs> right, right. And That's then really you're just trying to game it without actually. But yeah, you have to like. I don't know at any point whether you. I guess you can eventually like see the actual tax forms, but it's only like after you're done. Whereas. I would never submit tax forms that I didn't actually look at and see like, mm, oh right. yeah, this is how it's shaking out. And that makes sense. And that's what I want it to say. Interesting. That's really strange. That's, that's yeah. a great first tip that I'm yeah. like, I would probably do that. But Caroline's here to tell you, take a <laughs> look at the forms. Not. Yeah. Um, um, before we quick, get deeper, yeah. yeah, before we get deeper into the taxes, tell us, Caroline, yeah. uh, your history in the service industry. Oh, sure. Yeah. So I... Uh, have never worked as a server. I, I was a banquet server in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was telling Brooke on, on brass taxes that that, the, that equated to basically like uh, changing out, you know, like <laughs> uh, banquet food. Yeah. And chafing dishes. Yeah, chafing dishes and just cleaning up half drunk glasses from around like a, um, a, a wedding or a, um, a conference. Prom. My own prom was there. Um, yeah, conferences. She she yeah. she, she bank she banquet served her own prom. <laughs> so um, you were basically like a busser and like a errand like running food at a banquet hall where you grew up. It like a oh that's fun. yeah. I mean it was sort of well I I yeah I moved around a lot but we like ended up when I was in high school. Um, it was, yeah, that's when I worked there. Uh, my junior and senior year, I think of high school, other friends of mine were like, Hey, this place that's, you know, not far away from our high school, uh, one friend's, uh, like parent worked there. And so got a bunch of us jobs and, um, Mm -hmm. and that's, yeah, that's what I did for a while. But then I also was working at a summer camp and then realized that I couldn't do both at the same time. I couldn't work at a summer camp the whole week. And then like on the weekends work the, you know, doubles at the banquet place. Um, kid, kid needs a break for God's sake. Yeah, I did yeah, it for like a, a month and do. I was like, the money's not that great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're like, I just want to be a kid. I'm going to go party with my friends. Yeah. <laughs> correct. It's the correct answer. But yeah. So but we, was it like a thing where you picked up like the half empty glasses at a banquet hall where you just like, oh, this is a half a glass of champagne. Don't mind if I do. <laughs> like, I was not, I was much more into weed than I was into drinking at that point. And so, since, but um, <laughs> but I <laughs> I, uh, I remember one time though I got pulled over uh, driving home from working and like it was you know two in the morning or something after we had wrapped the shift and uh, and my you know uniform that was like a oversized white button down with like a black vest or whatever um, had was just covered in you know all of these juices and so. <laughs> Uh, getting pulled over because I was like speeding and then not by not like crazy amount, but, you know, enough that I got pulled over. And then the cop asked if I was drinking and I was like, OK, I understand why you're asking me that, <laughs> both because I'm speeding and because I reek of alcohol. I smell but, <laughs> but no, I was not. 
Uh, and he believed me. I didn't have to take a breathalyzer or anything. Also, because I was like, like, very nervous and I think maybe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm so You're like, I didn't, I didn't drink any. I am, however, <laughs> fully soaked and immersed in alcohol. Yeah. Uh, Through the process of osmosis, I am wasted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yep. Okay. That shit counts, for God's yeah. sake. Don't, don't think banquet serving and serving, all right? You're I worked part at of the, the candy fam. store, too, but that was definitely not. Uh, yeah, that's not certain. That <laughs> was probably annoying. I'm just trying to picture people who are like, candy, give me candy. Yeah, that was much um, more tempting in terms of, yeah. Um, oh, that one broke. That means it's mine. Yeah, uh, I did a lot. Totally. We, we love, we love, we love the breaksies means dibs for me, exactly. for sure. Yep. Stories. Um, but before we get down to the nitty gritty, Brooke, we have a, a public service announcement. We do. I think it's very important. Okay, guys, tax day is now May 17th. 2020 it was extended because of the pandemic 2021 sorry i yes is 2017 <laughs> thank, thank god carol we live in a vast vortex of months, yeah. <laughs> yes uh, what what i what i meant is the the 2020 tax season yes. is is extended to may 17th instead of the traditional april 15th so if you didn't hear that you heard it here first and this is also really important for everyone to know if you were successful in getting your unemployment benefits the first ten thousand of it is tax exempt that's right that's humongous that's a big deal so breathe a little easier as we um i, I figured i'd start with good a, news yeah I go ahead question what if you had taxes taken out of your unemployment then do you get it back it gets a little complicated it- because like your unemployment goes in with all of your other stuff so if you if there were months where you you know say at the beginning of 2020 you were working before you went on unemployment then like you had income from that and uh your income tax is assessed on all of your income. So like, say you have, you know, the right amount being withheld from your unemployment. Uh, If it was just unemployment and then suddenly you don't owe that much tax on your unemployment, then yes, you'll get that back in a refund because they were over withheld. But the, the thing that gets complicated is that it's not it's usually not just your unemployment that goes into your picture right. of what your income is. And so it all kind of, right. you know, so, comes out in the wash. Okay. So everything together will be like a, 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 a 10,000 of that altogether will be tax extent, basically. Yeah, yeah. Basically, saying. like, got it. Got you it. know, previously that 10,000, I think it's like $10,200, like that amount would have been included in your taxable income. And now your taxable income is $10,200 less than it would have been. Yes. Got as it. long yes. as and that it is t- was unemployment. So it's the first 10,000 of your unemployment is tax-free. Yeah. Yeah. That's good news. I mean, yeah. that's like, don't sleep on that, people. No, um, no. And if you've already right. filed, it's a, a little complicated <laughs> because they didn't have that before. But now, like, the federal, the IRS has caught up. And so if you file now, the IRS will say, okay, great, we're not taxing this 10,000 but the states are still a little messy right now and I know in New York uh they haven't decided whether they're going to follow along and whether they're doing that or decoupling is I heard what <laughs> what they I might don't do. like that word. Yeah. I don't like that word. <laughs> uh and in that case they might say like well, you know, sure federally you don't have to pay tax on that but here in New York state you do. Um, that's not settled yet. So that's sort of a, a TBD up in the air right now. And I know at brass taxes, we're like, they're sitting on a bunch of returns and not filing them yet until that's decided because we have, yeah, a bunch of 
a bunch of people in New York. But in in California, they don't tax unemployment anyway. So great. Right. <laughs> go ahead. Right. Uh, go yeah. So file. I guess just do your research and see what your state does yeah. and then go from there, guys. But yeah. but like, why do people get so worked up about taxes? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it makes sense. It's it's just like something everybody has to do. It's a collective. Ugh. Like that's how I feel about I mean, it. For, it's like the man dragging you down, sure. you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's interesting because it's like you know, ideologically, I agree with paying taxes and being taxed for you know, like your money should. Yeah, you earn an income, you pay some tax, and that's how we have, as Russ says, like Roads. not we don't have to see people dying in the streets. Yeah, exactly. And we have streets, right? <laughs> They're paved. Yeah. Uh, and so you know, like I believe in the whole like you know greater good of what taxes do, but I think you know the reason why I started learning about taxes and went to work for us to to do taxes is because I was so pissed that I couldn't understand what was going on with them. And it's like, wait a minute, everybody has to do this. And yet no one can tell me like exactly what's going on or even even the answer that I just gave you of like, well, you know, you might have overpaid on unemployment withholding, but it sort of goes over here into this other area and all that needs to be figured out. And like, it immediately goes into the realm of not being able to visualize it, not being able to, I don't know, for me, I'm like a very visual person. I want to like mm-hmm. see things to understand them. And it, you know, if you've ever looked at an IRS forum, <laughs> you know that this is- no, your eyes go cross. I go cross-eyed and f- start foaming at the mouth personally. I, I feel the opposite of horny immediately. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, it's like a pink tentacle. Nobody likes it. it. <laughs> no one wants it. And, it and, and I- Right. And I think what you're saying, too, is like the visualization. That's a huge part of being a server is like mm-hmm. we literally count our cash mm-hmm. like we fucking I know that a lot more have have switched over to the paycheck, but people still tip you cash. And at the end of the day, you're going, this is my money for the week. This is sort of my income. Um, do you think do you have any sort of um, like a like a go to sort of slogan or a mantra that helps just bring people down and demystifies taxes is there a way to describe how we can look at it to not be so triggered i can tell you like (laughs) some things i don't have like a this is the golden rule of you know how to demystify you don't but you don't have like a a tiny little um cute little etsy shop thing that's been hand stitched on your wall oh i should that would be amazing if i just like started stitching yeah little fuck taxes remember Um, um well well you know, one big thing that I think more people should understand and that kind of helps uh, keep big surprises at bay mm-hmm. is that uh, when you are, like Andrea said, you know, like with unemployment, you can elect to have withholding. And if you are on a W-2, mm-hmm. as you should be, you know, like if you're working a server job at a real company, you know, that they have you on payroll, meaning that you're not getting all of the amount that you are paid. They are withholding taxes and paying that on your behalf to the government, to the IRS Mm -hmm. and to the state and the city, if that makes sense. Um, And so, you know, that's something that is psychologically way easier for us to deal with, where it's like, I don't have to be thinking about how much of this is mine that I'm getting and how much of this Mm -hmm. is not mine. I've put in an estimate when I filled in my W-4 to say, like, here's how much tax you should withhold. And then it's just automated then where it's taking the money. You're not seeing the money. You see it on your pay stub, mm-hmm. but like it's handled. Um, and that's just way easier for us to deal with. But 
any money that you receive that is not uh, does not have tax withheld. That is not handled. It's not handled. (laughs) So, um, and it's treated differently in the eyes of the IRS. Like you are self-employed if you are not employed. So you're employed if you're on if you're on payroll and if you get a W two at the end of the year. That's like you're an employee. Your employer has certain responsibilities for the money. And someone has like like you can get a W two. Ignore it. Well, they didn't ignore it. They fight like yeah. So someone has reported you right. You know on on their filing behalf. So you 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 if you're on a W two, you can't pretend that you don't have (laughs) a part to do. Which (laughs) but you you know we're we're talking about both like both sides of the coin here. But when it comes to being a server, it's like a hybrid of both the things Mm -hmm. we're talking about. Right. Absolutely. That's and it's why it's so complicated. Definitely. And like so and and tips falls into that category too, right? Where it's like, well, some yeah. of this shows up on my W2. So some of this like had tax withheld or some of it's like reported to the IRS and then you know, depending on where you work and what the situation is, some of it or maybe all of it is, you know, cash tips that never got recorded anywhere, you know? And like right. and that's where it becomes tricky because uh you Oh man, I'm trying to remember exactly what the percentage mm-hmm. is. I think it's a quarter. I thought it was ten percent. Oh, well, well, here's what I'm going to say: you have to claim. The, like, if Got you it. if you hide more than twenty five percent, I think it's twenty five percent of your income in a year. So if like that much of your income doesn't get reported, and then that's called out, like if the IRS finds that out <laughs> that you hid twenty five percent of your earnings, that's a felony. So like, uh, (laughs) so that's when it becomes like a really big deal where and where like, you know, we always advise people it's way better to claim all of your income or at least like, you know, enough of it that you're not near (laughs) that margin. Uh, And then as a self-employed person, if you have money that wasn't taxed, so if you're getting cash tips, like no tax was withheld from that, you're reporting that as self-employment income. And and with self-employment income, it gets taxed at a higher rate, but only the profit. So first, you can take expenses against that money. And it's way easier right. to take expenses against that money. And you only get taxed on whatever's left over after you, after you take expenses. So a way smarter thing to do with tips is to say, yes, I made money that didn't show up on my W-2, but then I, you know, had to... Uh, I had to drive to, you know, Mm -hmm. like this location to work. I had to, you know, have maybe I had to buy this uniform to work there. I had to uniform you have to wear. Right. I I I had to buy all this alcohol to get through my shift. Like, you know, (laughs) or like or like (laughs) sure. Or or like an online class for enrichment, like learning more about wines. Yeah. Or even you know, whatever. Also, I'm a server. I go when I go out to eat, that's research. (laughs) When I buy this bottle of wine, it's me doing my homework and learning about Mm -hmm. wine. There's all sorts of ways to get around. Absolutely. And also, you know, say that you're on the side also you know, a ceramicist or something. And that's not something that you make a bunch of money at, but you're trying to make money at that. And you have Mm -hmm. your server job in order to like support your life. Some of that money that you're making as a server, you're spending on pottery classes and on a wheel and on firing it and, you know, like all of this other stuff that you might be 
making, you might be operating at a loss for something else that mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. considered a business by the IRS, as long as you are trying to make money. In some years, you do make some money. Um, and so it doesn't have to necessarily live in this silo of the only expenses that I'm taking against my, you know, uh, my untaxed income is just for where this money came from. You can look sort of at a broader picture of your life and like, mm-hmm. well, I'm also operating as a self-employed person who is, um, yeah, like a a, a musician like we, and here, I'm spending well, money on band time and stuff like that. Yeah. Like here's an example. Like two of our friends are trying to grow their online following and putting money into production and Mm. these videos to get like sponsorships and to be, you know, and to become this personality who, you know, gets like branded deals or gets like to put in ads or blah, blah, blah. And I, I think even that falls in the realm because you can show the time like our friend drew, there's clearly a wig budget going (laughs) into his videos. Um, but equipment, all that stuff, props. Yeah. Nope, they are not. Not especially if you want a nice one. Right. Um, okay, that's that was unknown to me completely. Yeah, um, already learned something. Yeah, yeah. I think I think when it comes to taxes, we just think we just have to do the bare minimum. It is a really interesting thing to like think about yourself and who you are because this is your money that you earned, and you should be able to like reap the benefits with taxes because like you're living your life this is very interesting like think about yourself first right Right. obviously don't be afraid you know it's not gaming a system to know that the irs sees you as a business if you're self-employed if you're making money that didn't come through like a w-2 you know system that didn't come Mm -hmm. through payroll you are a business in the eyes of the irs so start thinking of yourself as one and start looking at your life and saying like what am i spending money on that has a profit motive, quote unquote, meaning that I'm spending this money in an effort for to try to make money. So, yeah, like, you know, for a lot of um, our clients who work in entertainment and stuff, you know, things that a lot of us spend money on and don't even think about, like Netflix and, you know, like mm-hmm. ordering books and things like that. If it's if you're doing that in order to stay abreast of the field and to know what's out there and to like be able to see like, oh, okay, I've watched this and I see that that person's in it and they maybe would be good in my short and blah, blah, blah. Like that is research that you're doing. That's, you know, expenditures that you have that are not just because you're kicking back and watching TV. It's because you are uh, engaged in trying to, yeah, like be a, a self-employed um person in that industry yeah well this gives you stock also and let's mention if you want to if you're looking to do something like buy a house or invest in something to have more of this on paper Mm -hmm. is going to look better in the eyes of financial lenders if that's something you want to go down the road but you know we talk about not reporting 25 percent of your taxes we all have been in the industry forever and everybody who's listening what's the difference between like truly fraudulent behavior Versus someone who just didn't report $23,000 of their tax from working at Fishbone Grill. Like, you know, because this hap- this is what happens all the time. Are, are, is, is the federal government turning more of a blind eye to servers? Are they, you know, you know is that, I would assume so. Because that's, it's, yeah. it's such a weird. I mean, it's also like with the IRS, they are criminally underfunded. And so, which is like great in some cases, because like they're, you know, right. they're doing fewer audits. They're not, you know, as cracking down as on compliance as much as they would if they were fully funded. But it also sucks because it means that then, 
you know, higher tier earners are getting away with things that, you know, they would otherwise. Of course. Right. But they have right. to, they're looking at everything like a, with a cost benefit analysis too. They're saying like, all right, <clears throat> am I going to go after this, you know, server who earned like $18,000 during the year to potentially recoup like a couple thousand dollars in taxes? Or are we better served somewhere else where we can like really prove the case or whatever? Um, oh, another really important thing to keep in mind is that if you get audited, that does not mean that you are in trouble necessarily. No. Like it just no. means that they want more information. Uh, yeah. Got we it. We talk about it as being like a research paper that you've been assigned. And then you have to like show your work <laughs> for how you got the numbers you're, that you put on your tax return by you're digging up receipts annotated and stuff. bibliography, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, I've been, I've been audited and there was no work. There was nothing to show them. I was just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, you got me. You got me. <laughs> Good job. Um, Makes sense. <laughs> and, and the, you know, and then that happens. You kind of respond. And then I basically they're like, you didn't report like $17,000 or something like that. And they're like, you will owe this much of, you know, taxed on you know the seventeen thousand, and let's set you up on a payment plan yeah, you set up the set up that old payment plan <laughs> yeah. um, um i you know i as someone who <laughs> is self-employed or was for a long time before some laws changed in in california um i have a cpa that i would go through and this is i think if you're self-employed and making us over a certain amount of money he those CPAs will help you do all this stuff. Yeah. They'll just do all this stuff for you um, and set you up on a quarterly payment plan. And that's what I did. Mm -hmm. Like every quarter I would mail a check to the government. So then at the end of the year, you're set up and flush and still get a return, but you're at least covering your 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 basis. Yeah. You know? I mean, it is very it's difficult psychologically to like have that money all year and to think of it as untouchable. You know, I have a client right. who like, or I had a client who would move her money into like a bank, that, a different bank, like one of those online only banks where she like would forget about it <laughs> until the end of the year. Cause mm -hmm. otherwise it's like, uh, we it's have smart. Yeah, our guest on the, the this, uh, this week, uh, this week's show that just came out, Miles Kane is like, yeah, I would like to save, but that's one quick, one click away, you know, like you're one, yeah. you can just move it over into checking again very and easily. And then you could be like, I'm just going to take a hundred bucks yeah. off it. I'm just going to take another hundred bucks off yeah. it. Oh. And then there's nothing left. Oh, it can't. No, it, it needs to, you need to set up a situation where two people are turning that big bank vault lever mm -hmm. at the same time and like <laughs> like there's two like, keys yep, have to turn at the same time yeah. synchronized keys <laughs> you it needs to be that level of away from me because i would guess especially when you don't earn a lot i have a psychological problem of i love to keep everything in checking to make it feel like i'm rich flush mm -hmm. yep, yeah that i'm flush and it's very stupid um and so there's just yeah there's just a lot of mind games we all play yeah. that are deeply personal when it comes to money and most of us don't have a parent who sits us down and gives us financial advice at the time we're willing to listen to it if that makes sense mm -hmm. it's always just like in hindsight like well why the fuck did you do that but you know and I'm like what I don't know anything you know nobody taught me how to do this yeah. and a lot of it well is, you know based yeah. on fear too that like you know I think a lot of people generationally like don't really have you know their mind right about money and then you know pass that on or just don't talk about it because they don't know you know right, what yep. the right information is to pass on or or even just what expectations are like I remember my dad being like I don't understand like 
you went through college, you graduated. Why don't you have a $40,000 a year job right away? Like that's what his expectation was that that's what was going to happen. And I was like, Oh no, (laughs) that's not happening in my, I worked (laughs) for free for like a year and a half before anyone would hire me to do something remotely close to what I wanted to do. And you're like, no, 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 not at all. It's a very different world, I think, than it was, you know, a couple generations ago. (laughs) But Oh, uh, well, Brian and I were just talking about it, uh, that, what were you saying, Brian? Like when you're graduating from college, it was like the chances of getting a job. It was like 30 to one. Oof. Like, I- the, the, no, it was the disparity of uh, CEO. Uh, yes. Uh, incomes versus starting salaries. And it used to be in 1968, it was like 20 to one. And now it's 320. Yeah. Oh. Meaning that like whoever was working Ouch. on the shop floor was only making, yeah, like one, yeah, like, uh, like the, 30 times what they made or 20 something times what they made is what the CEO made. But like, yeah, now it's insane. Now it's like astronomically far apart. Yeah. And, and even that being said, I think it's, uh, and I've been saying this for years. I think that we're talking about normalizing things today. I think that finances need to be normalized. I think there should be required courses in high school, 100%. in junior high, in college yeah. that so you can wrap your head around credit and taxes and how you live your life financially to, again, not put the fear of God into you and not purposely in a capitalistic society like feel like you're helpless Mm -hmm. right and then there's people that know things and you're someone who doesn't know something and i think we need to like take hold and be stronger about our position on this absolutely like 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 anything we're learning where it's just like this country works really great when those of us who are middle class and below keep ourselves in the dark it's you know the government and many of these standard systems that we live by it's their worst nightmare when we get right. educated um, Absolutely. and i'm not saying all systems in place are bad or evil but some of them really are like the the like you know it's just more empowering yes. for your self and to make your money work for you which i believe is like a slogan of some bank or something like that but there's a lot of truth in that um don't just work for your money make your money work for you Mm -hmm. and we were talking to um the co-host of the modern waiter podcast and i think there is a new generation cropping up of early 20 something servers who because there are apps that are speaking in like a lot more plain and easy to understand money market language that a lot of young people are they're in the markets Mm -hmm. you know and that is like unthinkable unheard of for us being like millennials at the top end of it there was no internet or an app to make it seem (laughs) like okay I'll take like 20 of my dollars and put it in here and it will divest and go all over the place and then you know you see all whatever it's just technology is helping make the younger generations smarter and savvier. Yeah. I think that's an interesting shift too, in terms of, you know, like I feel like I was always raised with the idea and I hear it echoed a lot of like, you know, you, you have to earn your living, you know, like go make your money, like by working for it. But then then wait a minute, like all of these people who are invested in the stock market, they're not making their money. They're like reaping the benefits of, uh, you know, corporations that are, uh, disenfranchising workers in order to rack up major profits and benefit their shareholders. Yeah. They literally work the system. Like, that's what they do for a right. living. And but, so somehow that's okay. Um, but like, 
people who right. are working minimum right. wage jobs like shouldn't be al- allowed to afford to live. That's right, right. Un- yeah, um, unreal. So getting back to taxes and being a server, we have some very basic questions yes, for you um, today. So what what are allowances? Oh, allowances. Okay, so this is when you start a new job. They'll give you a mm-hmm. W-4 and... Through terrible branding, a W-4 <laughs> corresponds to a W-2. So if you're on payroll, you're going to get a W-2 at the end of the year. But first, you get your W-4. And the W-4 is just an informational worksheet where you're telling payroll, here's what's going to happen at the end of the year is I'm going to file tax, like I'm going to file my tax return. And this income needs to be taxed appropriately so that when I file, uh, the right amount of tax has been taken out uh, throughout the year. So you start a job, you get a W-4, and it says, okay, what are your allowances that you're claiming? And allowances are basically, like in very basic terms, how many people are going to be on my tax return? Like how many people mm-hmm. is this income supposed to be taken care of? Um, so if you are one person, then mm-hmm. technically you should be putting like one claiming one allowance. If you claimed zero, you're not lying. <laughs> like that's fine. It's not a you, you know you haven't like done anything wrong by fill. You can basically put whatever you want on this form. I mean it messes stuff up, but, but it's not. I was yes. always taught zero. I was always like just yeah. Put zero, and the girl. reason like, you would do that is because then it will withhold as though you are not claiming the personal exemption that you as one person are allowed to claim. So a personal exemption is on your tax return where it's like, I'm one person. Actually, I think under the new tax rules, they've got rid of personal exemptions. Anyway, but it's supposed to be like, if I'm one person, there's a certain amount of income that's going to be tax-free. If I'm five people on one tax return, there's even more money that's going to be tax-free because each person is allowed a certain amount of money tax-free. Got it. And these are like children, yeah. people that you look after that a are dependent spouse. on Right. You. I mean, the tax code was written when it was like the husband goes off to work and the little wifey stays yeah. at home and raises the kids. So like legitimately. Right. And that's a reason why to put zero as well is because like say that you are a married person and both of you work, which is very normal now. Uh, if you both put two allowances, then your income collectively is being taxed as though you're having tax withheld as though collectively you're going to claim four allowances because it's two on got it uh and so that really messes it up so if you put zero you're saying like don't factor in any of that shit just withhold like as though no one's appearing on my tax return and therefore they will withhold more tax and then you'll Mm -hmm. get a greater refund at the end of the year now i don't want to get like two in the weeds but Something that happens a lot with servers and with a lot of other people who I've worked with is that you don't just have one W-2 job during the year. You know, right, you right. might be someone who has tons of, you know, you have like six W-2s. This is not unheard of, you know, to have, like I've had clients who had 12 W-2s during the year because oh, they yeah. like work in, yeah. you know, production <laughs> I've jobs. I've had a couple of those years. Yeah. yeah. And, and so that, the system wasn't built to factor that stuff in. It's still built on just one person, like one household has one W-2. So what you have to do is absolutely in that case be putting zero on everything. And even so, you might end up owing tax at the end of the year because, what the W-2 is really doing is it's saying, 
or what payroll's doing is it's looking at one pay period and it's like, how much are you getting paid by this one job during this one pay period? I'm going to take that information and then multiply it out throughout the whole year. So it's like, if you make, you know, $500 per pay period, then how many pay, per pay periods are, are there in the year? I'm going to multiply it by that. That's how much money you're going to make this year. So say it's, you know, not a lot that you're getting from this one job, from this one W-2, then it's going to say, oh, if, you, if you're only making, you know, like $10,000, $20,000 a year or something, then it's going to factor in that some of your money is not going to be taxed and it's going to withhold too little. And so if you have a bunch of W-2s that are all doing that, then they're all under withholding. And then that's when people get surprised by a big tax bill at the end of the year. So if you have multiple yes, W-2s, definitely, I would say, check in with an accountant and be like, what yeah. can you do? And you can opt to like have them withhold more as well. You can put that on your W-4. Instead of the allowances, you can just be like, you know what, zero and withhold another 50 bucks per pay period. And and that that works for some people. Yeah, it's a good fail safe for sure. Yeah. That was a long answer oh, to your boy, my, Yeah, No, no, it's actually, you actually answered like other questions that we oh, had while right. explaining that. Um, specifically about having, you know, too, too much withheld or do you owe too much? And so you, you checked the boxes, which is great. Um, you know, you talk about, um, not understanding your own taxes. Is there, is there another, I mean, it's such a personal mm. story for you to want to get into that. I mean, Brooke, you oh, got audited. Y yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. And that was just like, that was me being like, I feel lucky. <laughs> Let's see if they notice. And it's like, they noticed, um, <laughs> That was, yeah, that was like age 29 or something like that. But uh, in general, for a few of my first years in New York City, and I talked about this with Caroline on her podcast, uh, I just was overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. I Half the time I had a laptop that didn't work or I was siphoning a wire, you know, a Wi-Fi signal off a neighbor upstairs. Like I just did not have my shit together. So the idea of gathering documents, being responsible, I was just like, I, sorry, not for me. And yeah. like did not report, did not report any of my restaurant earnings for a few years in a row and started to wear it like an albatross around my neck, mm -hmm. you know? Oh, and yeah. the fear anytime something came up I was like I'm definitely going to federal prison and <laughs> those it, were also back in the days too where like internet was there but you'd have to go to the post office to pick up your big packet it, it just mm. was it was too much I couldn't handle my life in New York City beyond just you know making it to work making it to a show going home that was about all I could do any day but um the thing that I did was, you know, I think I admitted to my mom. That's usually step number one. I'm like, hey, mom, you know, and then she's like, now what did you do? Um, <laughs> Just by the time. But yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I started like. I had to walk past a an H and R block and just basically finally one day was like, okay, I've got I've got my papers, I've got my. W-2s, I've got all this stuff. And I'm like, I've got three years. And I thought that they were just going to be like, 911, she's here, you know, and <laughs> send her away. <laughs> totally. And th there are periods of which you can get to it. You can, even though I hadn't like gone the route of filing extensions on purpose, like 
nothing happened to me for not reporting. I know this maybe isn't like great advice and you could clean it up. But the thing that I was so scared of doing was like I, I basically filed back taxes for years where I didn't report anything. Mm-hmm. Um, there may have been some little fee that I don't know, but it worked out. I had so much money coming back to me. Oh, yeah. Be- if you had so much money, yeah, if you had like, you know, if you were on W-2s and you had tax mm-hmm. withheld the only way to get that back as a refund is to file and <laughs> to show exactly so like they can be sitting on yeah the episode that we just put out with uh miles kane he had uh not filed for like 10 years or something and uh Whoa. yeah and had like bills saying that he owed eighty thousand dollars in taxes because he just was self-employed and just never dealt with it because no one explained to him as no one explains to anyone <laughs> that like how you're supposed to handle it and you know he was not making a ton of money, but like it's snowballed and the IRS will assess when they're sending you those letters. If you're ignoring and not filing your taxes, they're going to like see what they can see about what you got paid. Like even if you're paid uh, with like a 1099, that 1099 gets reported to the IRS and it says like, hey, I paid this person $5,000 this year. Right. So they know right. you're making mm-hmm. money. Um, and, and they, what they're doing is not factoring any expenses. So if you haven't filed, they're like the full amount that you made, we're going to assess the full amount of tax on that. And that's what we're going to bill you for. But if you go back and you're like, well, yeah, I made that money, but I also had all these expenses and I can claim Mm -hmm. my exemptions and blah, blah, blah. Then that money, that figure comes down. It, but basically there's no benefit you're probably not going to go to jail right away. And in fact, anytime you're communicating with the IRS, they're not like they're not terrible. Like they are serious. But but like, uh, yeah, but you there's no benefit to waiting like it really the right. sooner if, even if you haven't filed taxes for 10 years, the stuff makes your stomach turn. Yep, you're going to feel better sooner the sooner you yes. get on top of it and just like it's go just to like someone. going to the dent go to the dentist yeah. guys go get a checkup it's in that right. vein it's in that right. realm let Take- them <laughs> like they want to help you help yourself yeah. if that makes sense it's yeah it, it, it's Plus, not it as feels good it feels good to oh get your shit the, together just having a real number weight. of like oh okay now that i've dealt yeah. with this like maybe your tax debt doesn't disappear but it's like it's something now manageable or it does right. disappear and it's like they owe you money. Like that feels insane. <laughs> like that. And you're like, say yeah. what? Yeah. Like that's what I And just to feel then like, okay, yeah. I'm on top of it. Because it's one of these things like yes. no one loves it. You don't have to love it. Like it's just a fact of, you know, like of life. And I mean, not that I love it, but it's like I do believe in this as a system, you know, like and no. Yeah. And if, and the, yeah, like I, I'll call people, oh, I'll call the yeah. cops and be like, I'm a taxpayer, you know, <laughs> like, and I, exactly. I actually don't call the cops I, and anymore, I, but anyway, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I think the takeaway, you know, is just like evading taxes is just not an option unless you're a ridiculous rich person who lies, uh, like our former president and whatever, <laughs> because the truth is. The rich can tangle everything up in the system a lot longer. If you're a regular poor person who's just like, I want to pay, it is so easy to come get you and find Mm -hmm. you. It's Mm -hmm. so ridiculous. It's very, very easy to audit and go after low-income people because there's usually like two pieces of paperwork. The reason we can't nail like the president and other CEOs is because 
there's just like legal ramifications. They have to, it's just this whole shit show of being this complicated billionaire mess, which is really hard and, and mucks up the gears in the system. So yeah, you might see these like playboys who are, you know, everyone's like, yeah, they don't pay taxes or they did get nailed or whatever. That shit ain't a poor person game. Sorry. No, honey. no, no, no. It's not. <laughs> and, it just and, isn't. And, and it's expensive. And I will say They're wrapping somebody to do yeah. it for them. Yeah. Yes. And like wrapping up and I will add one more personal thing, which you already talked about. If you guys have different incomes on different levels, if you're married or have a partner or sharing an income that you're reporting together, hiring somebody who knows what they're doing, who can get you the best return for an extra few hundred dollars a year, in my opinion, is so worth it. And it is so much weight off my shoulders and to just be like, oh, you're the professional. Here you are. Thank you so much for doing that for me. Um, What other sources do you, Caroline, uh, like, would you send people to if they're getting started and they need resources to yeah, go to? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good books. Like when I started learning about this stuff, I'm gonna like try to look up these books while I'm talking to you. Um, but <laughs> I mean, we should we should certainly send them to Brass Taxes. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> goes without saying. And and yeah, I mean, exactly what you were saying, Andrea, about like the it's it you know like it's a think of it as a video game that you're only playing once a year. Like you're not gonna get to the boss level like if you only play it once a year but people who are playing uh-huh. it thousands of times a year like they're probably going to know some cheat codes that you don't you know not that it's cheating necessarily but like right you know right. they know the language they speak the right. language and especially like somebody who knows your industry is so important because uh it's uh, sorry, let me say freelancers. I think it sounds so professional that we can be typing. <laughs> I know, right? Around. It just really adds to I the... I one of these, like, cool <laughs> keyboards that, yeah, you can, like, hear all the time. Anyway, uh, I... I'll have to figure that out. Anyway, um, yeah, you... What was I saying? Shit. <laughs> uh, basically, uh, that hiring the peop- a CPA, hiring yeah. a CPA who knows yeah, what they're doing. They know what they're doing. And like, it just makes it, it means that you can think about it less. And also just like they, if you have, people will ask me like, oh, why don't I just go to TurboTax or whatever? And I'm like, well, do you have any questions? And <laughs> because like, good luck if you're just using computer software that, you know, if you, if you go to somebody who like, oh, that's what it is. Go to somebody who knows your industry, like go to somebody who mm-hmm. works with other people who work the way that you work, if you can find anyone like that, you know, and mm-hmm. at Brass Taxes, we've got uh, clients who are a lot of our clients are in like the entertainment industry, which also means a lot of people in the service industry mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We've got Yeah, a lot of people who are we have like journalists, we have teachers, we have people who work for nonprofits, people who have their own nonprofits. Like we have a lot of different people, but they're a, the reason <laughs> that they come to brass taxes is because like, I mean, it's crazy how common the story is of like, well, I went to my my parents guy, you know, and who was like behind some mahogany desk and has only ever worked with people who have like one W2 job and then investments. Right. Nine to five, yeah. nine to five lifers. And yep. they were like, you know, charged me per 1099 that I hand them. And, you know, if you're anyone who's freelanced before, you know that that's like a scam, (laughs) you know, like it's not, uh, they're just not familiar with it. They're not looking for it. They're not asking you like, oh, um, did you, you know, like have any expenses related to this? Cause I know that, you know, oh, it looks like here that you're trying to be a playwright. Like what shows did you see? How much did you pay for all of your tickets this year? Mm -hmm. You know, things that are related. Yeah. 
And can we be honest, like that generation in general, like looks down their nose on the occupation yeah. in yeah. some ways. I mean, things I'm have not, really changed. Things have just changed. And if you're seeing, like you said, like your parents accountant who's only ever dealt with people who have the same career for 40 years, that's not good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the takeaway is that there, there, that this is very achievable, you guys. If you're scared of it, check out Brass Taxes. We will absolutely post about Caroline's podcast. We can post those books that she was talking about if you books. have questions that way. <laughs> if you have, if you know the person at your small business that like does the books for the restaurant, that does your payroll, maybe ping them. That's a way to get into it. Um, but we hope that this has been really informative. I mean, my mind is always blown. I always learn new things when you start talking about, well, I don't know why taxes seem fucking taboo, but like they do for some reason. I mean, reason, people get so. really uncomfortable talking about their money and it makes sense. It's something that like feels very personal. We tie a lot of our feeling of worth into like how much money that we're making and what we're spending it on, et cetera. And it goes into like levels of psychology that, you know, like I don't even understand. <laughs> yeah. But, but something that we do talk a lot about at brass taxes and that you know brings everybody who who works there is very much of the mindset of like we get that we get that it's something mm -hmm. that's uncomfortable and that it's not like where you want to be spending your time it's also like you know you having the tools to make uh the right decisions about your money or to like know okay i'm in good hands i'm not fucking mm -hmm. this up gives you more creative freedom you know like if you understand mm -hmm. how much tax you're gonna owe at the end of the year like then you know how much money you have during the year and you know like so that good you can spend it on certain things or like oh hey if i buy this new computer i understand that that's going to save me on taxes and so that becomes a more worthwhile investment than if i didn't know that you know things that own your yeah, shit. Own exactly. your shit, guys, is what yeah. we're saying. Um, what an excellent adult birthday to be talking about taxes on my birthday this year, guys. <laughs> I'm going to say that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think this is great. I hope, And again, I hope you guys learned something. Um, thank you again, oh Caroline, gosh. for joining us, you guys. Um, please check out Caroline's podcast. Where, where can it's we find it? It's on all the podcast Everywhere? places. Brass taxes. All, the places. all yeah. over. If, if, if you guys have amazing stories about taxes and when you learned how to do it or your anything comes to mind with this please of course send those server submitted stories our way oh my god yes. i feel relieved just talking about it so much for yeah providing absolutely the space for it is, yeah i think it's uh it's helpful for people to to know that it's like if it's something that's scary for you like you're not alone <laughs> it's scary for a lot of people yeah. and it's just better <laughs> if you bring it out in the open yeah Oh, man, so much. Well, Brooke, you know what we say at the end of every episode. Indeed, I do. Godspeed and good tips. Good good reported tips. <laughs> That's right. Good tax Can't report refund. cash, though. Can't report cash. Can't trace it. Just can't saying. find you it. Know, just you can't find that cash, <laughs> Mr. Man. Like a pink tentacle. Just hide it away. Yep. Oh. All right. All right. We're, we're now we're done. We're, we're done. done. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. <laughs>